Hi there, welcome to the Fearless Lady Podcast. I am your host, the Fearless Lady, Charlene Light. When I turned 40, I decided to create a really fun challenge for myself by stepping into my fears 40 different ways. I tackled fears around aging, going after my dreams, and even finding true love. This podcast is about that journey and how it transformed my life and how you can start looking at your fear as an invitation to step into your worth, invite more freedom, joy, and fun back into your life. Life can be an adventure. Live the life of your dreams. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Fearless Lady. We are deep into our quarantine life. I think we've passed the six weeks mark, or maybe we are at six weeks. And um, yeah, it's been it's been really interesting. I know for me this week, so I'm talking to you at the very beginning of the week, even though this is going to come out on Friday, I decided to take off. Um, a full week of teaching. I'm doing a semi-silent retreat. I have been feeling like, um, you know, one of my favorite parts about this time, and I know that sounds, again, so um, heavy because, or I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, it's got like a double meaning because for so many of us, it really is a heavy time. For me, um, I've been feeling very free, right? I get to create you know, the yoga classes that I want. I get to do them from my home. I get to, you know, reacquaint with a lot of my um, yoga students from New York City. So it's been really fun and exciting. But I found last week that when I was working on my course from breakdown to breakthrough and I was preparing it, I suddenly had this disconnect when I had to go teach. And it felt like oh, this is that thing that I do where I'm very comfortable. You know, I've been a yoga teacher for now 10 years and there's been a soul calling for me to make a change, to decide that, okay, I'm ready to offer and to share more of myself. And I've done that over the years with various workshops around my film, The Dream Diaries and, you know, coaching and, you know, I've done all kinds of things. I'm somebody that just constantly creates, like look at this podcast and the journey. Um, But I think it was very apparent because, you know, I said to myself as I was teaching these classes, well, this is supposed to be fun and it's supposed to breathe new life into this, you know, role that I've had for so long. So why is it feeling like a job right now? And that was something that in all honesty, I was very um, confused and conflicted by because I know it's something that people are really needing right now. And so I love being able to share and offer it as a gift, as, you know, donation-based. But there's another part of me that's like, I just want to offer something different and something that is more in alignment with what um, I'm going through. So I really was like, what if I took a week and just really dived in and spent that time feeding my soul? Like, you know, one of the things that I've learned over the years is your ego voice is the loudest voice in your head. So a lot of times, you know, to get past that noise, we have to meditate, do our asana practice. Um, You know, we really have to take time to sit in that quiet, in that silence so that we can start to develop um, that listening skill of, of hearing our true voice, you know, and our true voice is always nurturing, always loving. It's usually, um, something that 
you've always known, but you just haven't really done the work to like, okay, I guess I should do that thing now. So now that I've had this time and I've been really in a space of, you know, I guess creating a muscle of really listening in, the disconnect is so strong that it's like, okay, I need to take a break. I need to really listen in and give myself this week off of social media, off of really talking to anybody. I really want to focus in again on developing um, a real clarity of what this next step is because I I don't know about you, but I don't want to go back to the way things were. And that's, you know, it's hard because it's like that's how I make my living and I'm very grateful, very grateful that I, I've been able to make a living doing something that I love and that um, feels very natural to me and it, it feels um, very much in alignment with you know, who I am. I mean, I, I walk the walk. I am a yogi through and through, you know, but the, when you start to look at the, how many classes I have to teach in order to really get, create the life that I really want and make the, the money that I want, um, it starts to feel more like a job. And something that I know about myself is I like to create and be creative and I like to have spontaneity in my life and I like to constantly um, share more and offer different things. So when things start to feel too much like a nine to five job, I'm like, my soul's like, uh-uh, not going to work for you. And that's sort of how it's been feeling where, you know, the reason why I love doing my retreats is because I literally get to leave <laughs> my every day and take a bunch of people, amazing people with me. And we get to have this beautiful experience together. And, you know, and I love it. I love everything about it. I love planning it. I love thinking of where I want to go next. I love, you know, creating the different excursions. I mean, everything about it is it's like my favorite thing. And I want to have something like that, that excitement towards what I'm offering. I want it. I want to be able to do that more. So again, taking this week off, you know, and who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm really giving myself the space to honor if I need more than a week, then I will do that as well. You know, this is a time which thankfully I'm healthy and I hope that whoever's listening to this is healthy and the world right now is sick, you know, and it's, we're forced to stay at home and to take this time and not only take care of ourselves in the physical sense, but take care of ourselves in the mental sense, which I believe is everything, you know, so spending time and looking at your life before this all happen and saying, okay, well, wait a second here. I'm giving this, this pause now from the craziness of what was before. And now I can show up differently, you know, but it's always a choice. And I, I have to admit, you know, the thing that was really hard for me was taking this time off because I'm like the loud voice, my ego voice in my head was like, who do you think you are? You're only teaching three classes. Oh, that's so hard. What about all the people that can't even afford to do what you're doing? Or they have families and mouths to feed and they have, you know, children and or they're living with, you know, an abusive partner. Like so many people are so worse off. But it, here's the thing. This is what I know for sure. That inner voice never goes away. The ego voice will always be there. And what I've learned is it actually has been turned up significantly during this time because I I have to be honest, I've been watching a little bit too much television, 
and social media and I think I'm really tapping into that underlying um, fear um, that is just basically what the news constantly keeps perpetuating. So because of that, now my ego voice is like even louder, um, trying so hard just to keep me where I am versus taking any sort of risk at all. Because that is what our ego is for. It's to keep us safe. It's to keep us from taking any risk. It's to keep us from really experiencing anything different than where we are. It's going to be your panic button. That's why it's the loudest voice in your head. That's why it will constantly sabotage you, tell you what you need to hear so that you have so much fear about taking any sort of step in the direction of your true voice that you, most of us just tend to just listen to it. But because I'm somebody that really has an active practice of understanding my thoughts and, and understanding, you know, what's behind that, I can just say, okay, thank you for that, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway, which is very much what my whole fearless journey is about. You know, it's not like I just did this, you know, one year of my life. It's like I do it every day of my life, you know, and anytime there, there's a moment where I start to feel like I'm succumbing to the fear where I'm starting to things get too comfortable and I'm not pushing myself in any way. It doesn't feel like it's a challenge or I have so much more to offer and so much more to say and I'm not being able to do that or channel that, then that's when I know for me and for most of us, it's a time to make a change. Um, I would encourage you to start to get curious about your thoughts. You know, what is your, what is, what is the energy that you're feeding right now? Are you feeding into that fear you know, if you start to notice that there's a bunch of thoughts that are super loud in your mind right now, um, just start to get curious, get, uh, start to investigate a little bit, you know, and cause we always have that opportunity to choose where we put our energy, you know? And for me, even now I journal a lot, um, so that I can just get those those thoughts out and then I'm like ah okay I see a pattern here and then I pay attention to like what happened during the week oh I see why this would trigger me and why I would be more susceptible to this kind of thinking so it's all starting to just kind of you're like being in a little investigator you know your own little FBI in your mind because the the pain of not taking that step in the direction towards my soul's call like my my true heart's desire it's more painful in the end than staying safe. And that's really what my life's journey has been about is staying safe. You become complacent and you never fully reach your potential. You never really experience the high highs of feeling liberated and excited by, you know, things that you've overcome because you're constantly staying safe. Okay, so I'm going to switch gears right now and let's jump right back into my fearless journey. And we are on, we are on Fearless Act Day 17. I'm all about that skip, about that skip, no walk-ins. <laughs> and this is what I think is so funny because, um, you know, this, this fearless journey was very unique to me. And like I said, I was doing one every day, so... Going back to, I think it was Fearless Act number 11, where I just took a little hop skip um, to from one class to the other, and I was like laughing to myself. This was um, when I actually found out that there was a skipping club in New York City, and that they actually skip all around downtown, and then you end up going to dinner. And I thought, oh, well, this will be so, so much fun, you know? Like, I'm all about that skip. 
<laughs> you know, so this time, because I had the experience of the last time, I knew kind of what was what was up. So I wore sneakers and I also brought a fanny pack because I'm like, I'm not going to be skipping around with my big ass purse because in New York, you got to carry everything with you. So it was so funny. So I go to where I think the meeting group is and I'm looking around and I don't see like a group of people congregating and I don't see what looks like or what I thought was the leader of the skipping club. So I'm like, hmm, did I miss something? Like, is this not where we're supposed to meet? So I just kind of sit down and as I'm sitting there thinking about what I'm going to do, this guy comes up to me and he's like, hey, are you here for the skipping club? And I looked at him like, how did he know? You know, <laughs> like, did I look like a skipper? Like, it was just so bizarre to me that somebody would ask me that. So I'm like, yeah, I'm here for the skipping club. Are you? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, where is everyone? And he's like, oh, I, I think we're, we're meeting um, on the wrong spot. I think actually where we're supposed to meet is over on the west side. We were in the East Village. And I was like, oh, that sucks. I don't think we'll have time to like run over there. He's like, yeah, I know. So then he sits down and I was texting with one of my friends. Like, I just don't think God wants me to skip with this club because this was, I think, the second time that I tried to uh, get in the skipping club. And uh, and then he's like, well, you know, you could ask this guy because I told him that there's somebody else here that um, is also looking for the skipping club. And so my friend Trey was like, well, you could ask this guy to skip with you. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's just out of the question. That's ridiculous. No way. You know, I was like, hell to the no. I'm not going to ask this stranger to skip with me down the street. I think that's too humiliating. No, 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 no. You know, so I decide to ask this guy like interview him right I'm like hey can I um, do an interview I'm, I'm doing this fearless journey I think it'd be really fun since oh because I asked him if he had been there before if he had taken if he had done the skipping club before and he said yeah this was his third time so I'm like perfect so I turn on my camera my video um, or whatever on my phone and I started asking him these questions and then about a few minutes in I'm realizing this really isn't that interesting and Maybe the thing to do would to just be to skip with this guy. So I stopped the interview and I'm like, you know, we should just go ahead and start skipping. And he's like, okay. So we stand up and I kid you not, we start skipping together down the street. If you know Soho, this was on um, Spring Street. And I could not stop laughing. And if you know my laugh, it was insane. Tears are rolling down my face because it's one thing to go, oh, yeah, I can skip. No big deal. But when you're actually skipping with a stranger down the street in New York City, in Soho of all places, like I just don't I can't even describe to you. It was like I was five years old and I was like, this is the most fun I've ever had in my life. It was so hilarious and I'm laughing and then I like you know try to video some of it you just see our heads jumping up and down you know you should check it out on my Instagram feed and he was like wow you really love skipping you know because I could not stop laughing so we make it all the way towards um Prince which is now I guess that's on Broadway that was the street so maybe just like 
I don't know, 15 minutes or something, not even that long. And I was like, okay, well, that was, and I couldn't even talk. I couldn't even get the words out because I was laughing so hard. But I think uh, once we stop, because by the way, it's really tiring. He, um, I was like, okay, well, thanks so much for skipping with me. He's okay. Well, maybe I'll see you at another one of these events. I'm like, yeah, definitely. You know? So then I just couldn't stop laughing. I'm crying tears because I'm like, this is hilarious. I, I don't even know who I am right now. And I had just bought in this fantasy pack so I'm like you know what I'm gonna return the fanny pack so I walk into that lady footlocker right on um, Broadway and Prince and I'm cr- I'm like still crying because I'm still just in my head I can't get that image out of my head me skipping with this guy like it's just so insane you know so I go up to the counter I can't even add the words I just show her I just bought the fanny pack and then she starts laughing because she doesn't know what the hell's going on so I get my money back from the fanny pack and I I mean I was just like wow like this is where my life is. I am a 40-year-old woman who just skipped with a stranger down the street in Soho in New York City. 40. I'm 40. Hi, I'm 40. I mean, it was just, it was absolutely insane. Like one of those, like probably one of the most spontaneous moments of my life where I just like, when I just went all in like I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna I'm gonna be that girl and of course nobody gave a shit nobody looked at us or I couldn't tell we were just having the time of our lives and this act which is so funny because when I posted it on social media my mom calls me telling me that she's been skipping around She's been skipping around her living room. She's like, I've, I've been skipping in my living room. And actually, it's really fun. And I'm like, oh, my God. I am so my mom's daughter. Like, what is going on? Like, it was hilarious that this was the one fearless act that she was, like, actually doing in her living room, trying to remember if she knew how to skip. And, I mean, it was hilarious. And uh, so, yeah, so that one was just was just pure joy, just pure joy. So since that one was a short one, I'm going to go right into the next fearless act, which actually was one of the one of my favorites. Um, Day 18, sing on the subway. So as I mentioned, I didn't have a plan. And on this particular day, it was a Friday and it was the day that the Supreme Court um, ruled that gay marriage is legal. So I was, I'm in New York City, which is, you know, one of the meccas of the LGBTQ community. I can't even, I hope I got that right. And so hearing that, you know, from the Supreme Court was, you just felt the energy of the city just kind of vibrate, you know, it was like love was in the air. Everybody was just feeling really great and wonderful and I remember that night I not I wasn't teaching a yoga class I was actually singing for another teacher so I was the live music accompaniment um for this other teacher um in her yoga class so it was a Friday night it was a heated yoga yoga class and um I was in Tribeca at the beautiful Lion's Den owner is Bethany Lyons, one of my favorite yoga teachers, one of my first yoga teachers in New York City. She used to teach at Crunch. She opened up her own heated um, yoga studio and then asked me if I would sing for class. And I said, absolutely. So I was singing. I had a great night. It was, I remember the very end, um, 
and Shavasana I sang and like they applauded and it was just like one of the best I don't know, just the love. Like I said, I don't know how to describe it. It was so palpable. It was so thick, you know, that I was just like on fire. I was like floating, you know. So I leave that class and I had my guitar and I thought, you know, maybe my fearless act tonight is to sing on the subway. Like I was in downtown, so I had to go back home, which was in Astoria at the time. And I thought, what a perfect night. You know, I've got, we've got this beautiful backdrop of having this, you know, Supreme Court decision, you know, gay marriage is legal and the the city is like vibrating with love. Uh, This feels like the perfect night for me to get up and sing. So I go onto the subway. I'll never forget it. I got on Canal Street. I got on the Q train. And I sit down and I start to look around and it's a very, you know, there's not a lot of people on the train. Um, I see an older woman. I see like maybe two other people. And I thought, okay, perfect. I'll just like bust out my guitar, stand up, start singing and get it over with, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I do that. I stand up. I start to sing. I don't even introduce myself. I just start busting out singing, you know, and I sit back down afterwards and nobody, I kid you not, nobody looked up at me. It was like very clear. Nobody gave a shit. And all those insecurities start to come up like, oh my God, like nobody cares. Like I'm not very good. I'm not as good as I think I am. You know, all of these stupid thoughts, right? Again, the ego is the loudest voice in your head. So I'm sitting there in this like confusion of, you know, is that it? Should I move to another car? Should I get up and sing again? Like, I'm so confused. So the Q train went express to Union Square. Union Square is a very popular um, station in New York where there's a bunch of, you know, people that come on um, that transfer. Right. So anyways, get on. I'm at the stop Union Square and all of a sudden all these people start to come on. Like it becomes a very packed train. And I'm still sitting there debating if I should get up and sing again or if I should move to the next train or if I should just give up on the whole idea and try another time. I'm thinking all these things in my head when this guy says, hey, aren't you going to sing for us? And I was like, me? He's like, yeah. He's like, what's your name? And I was like, uh, Charlene. And he turns to the packed car and yells, hey, everyone, Charlene's going to play a song for us. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Now my body is like vibrating, right? Because I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know, did God just like do this? You know, so I stand up. Everybody starts to like, it felt like the whole car is looking at me like they're waiting for me to like sing. So I start singing. And afterwards, they all applaud and telling me how good that was. And I sit back down and I was just like, what just happened? Like, because I literally was about to give up. And that's the thing that was happening consistently with these is the voice in my head, which was telling me I sucked or I wasn't good or you should just like give up. This is a stupid idea. Once I just did it anyway and I continued and in this case really the universe kind of gave me that beautiful angel and by you know literally just giving me that moment of like no now we're going to actually give you the spotlight and you don't have to hide anymore like step up and step into the spotlight that you're given and deliver you know which is essentially what was happening and it was all because I let go I completely let go of the outcome. I was thinking maybe I should just not do it or I'll do it another night or, you know, like I was so confused. And there's something so beautiful in that lesson of when we surrender, when we let go, 
when we allow ourselves to not control an outcome, you know, um, that's when the universe kind of steps in and shows us like, hey, I see what you're doing. I'm actually going to help you. And I'm actually going to literally part the Red Sea or get somebody to like announce you so that people will pay attention because that's how good you are because you deserve that. You know, like so powerful, like what a lesson to learn. So I'm just going to read you what I wrote. Tonight, after providing the live beats at Lion's Den, I decided to bust out my guitar and sing in the subway car on my home, on my way home. Like many New Yorkers, it takes a lot for me to pay attention to subway entertainment. So I was prepared for the worst. And sure enough, I enter the train with about 10 passengers at Canal Street, pull out my guitar, belting my heart out to my song, It's Love, and not one person looked up. Not one. Not even the old lady who I pegged had a heart and would at least smile at me. Nope, not even her. That's all right, I thought. At least I did it. The train stops at Union Square and fills up with passengers. I sit down with my guitar still out of its case. A gentleman leans in. Hey, I thought you would bust out a song for us. You really want to hear me sing, I said. Yes, what's your name, he asked. Charlene. He turns and faces the packed crowd. Hey, everyone, this is Charlene, and she's going to sing for us. I couldn't have written it better. I was beaming. I sang my hook and saw everyone's eyes engaged and tapping to the beat. I even saw a few people take off their earphones to listen in. And when the next stop came, they all applauded. I couldn't believe it. What an angel he was. And then I remembered why I love this city. Just when you think you want to give up, it won't let you. It's all in the confidence, the delivery, the heart. And after such an historic day in history, love is everywhere. Never give up. So that's so... Oh, it's such a beautiful story. I often refer back to it when I uh, when I tell people about my journey as um, as an example of what can happen when you take those steps towards something that you want and really just kind of surrender the outcome. And uh, and it's important to note that I didn't just put my guitar away and just sit there and decide, okay, that's enough. I actually sat in that silence, in that moment of hearing my ego go off on me, um, in that moment of hearing my inner voice say, no, but you did it. You did it. That's okay. So I, I just want to pause for a moment because I didn't, because I allowed myself that breath, you know, and in that breath, in that kind of uncertainty in that space of not knowing is when that beautiful angel decides, okay, I'm going to give you the spotlight. I'm going to literally pick you up and offer you <laughs> your turn, right? So deliver. And I think that's really important, you know, when you look at life and you think about, you know, the ego, and that voice in your head, like I was talking about earlier, that's so loud that makes us all want to just give up and literally put our guitars away or whatever you're, you know, you're dealing with or whatever you're working through. Um, that literally says to us, stop what you're doing, shut it down. If you actually just stay where you are enough, like long enough to, to move past that voice, something shifts, you know, something really does shift. It's, it's the only way I can describe it is it's, it's, it's being okay, not knowing 
you know, letting go of the attachment to know what to do. And I look at this time and, and just like I was saying in the beginning, that's what this time is about. Letting go of the attachment to know, like, when is this going to be over? When am I going to, you know, postpone my, my retreat, you know, which we're supposed to go in a few weeks, right? When is this going to be done? When are we going to be free again to live the life that we lived before? Well, guess what? We don't know. So we're all being asked here to get comfortable in the unknown and to trust a little bit more in something greater and something bigger and something deeper, whatever that means to you, whether it's universe, God, whether it's your inner voice, your, your inner knowing, whether it's love, there, there is something here that is spiritual, that is divine, that is a collective pause you know, and it's our choice to feed into the fear or feed into the trust to that space of, I'm not about to, you know, pack everything up yet. I- I'm okay in this kind of space of not knowing. So I will definitely let you know how my week off my silent uh, retreat goes. And today I'm going to end the episode with an acoustic version of Walking on Freedom, which actually I recorded in that yoga studio, the Lion's Den. I was inspired to do an all acoustic recording of some of my songs. So this is uh, Walking on Freedom, sending you all so much love for a beautiful week.
Walking on 